Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's another episode of DWMOD. That's Disagree With Me or Don't. Some of y'all will and some of y'all won't. I'm your host, Mikey Wilson, as always, and we got a great episode coming up for you today. A lot to get to, man. Uh, we got International Women's Month. We're going to have a story on that we're going to cover. We're definitely going to talk some NFL because, you know, franchise tag day came and went, and we all wanted to see what was going on. So we're going to talk a little bit of Rodgers getting the ball rolling on everything for everybody. We got Wilson and Wentz on the move. We got Kyler Murray crying like a baby. Also going to talk a little bit about the Winter Olympics just came and went. We'll hit on that, see how that went for everybody. We even got a little NBA on the docket here. We're going to talk a little bit about that big trade between Brooklyn and uh, Philadelphia, the 76ers there. Also going to talk about LeBron and Palenka going head-to-head in L.A. What's going on with the Lakers, man? Who are we going to pin the blame on for all that mess over there? Primetime lost a couple toes, but he also chimed in on something we've been talking about for about a year and now Deion Sanders put it out there for the whole universe what's going on with the NCAA and recruiting we're going to get to a little bit of that and we'll touch on the Calvin Ridley incident my man Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons doing his best shoeless Joe Jackson man let's get this thing rolling yes I'm Mikey Wilson and this is DWMOD you Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys Cade Cunningham. Let's roll. Down! Hut! 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 It's 2021, and Sweet Lou Whitaker is still not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. An atrocity. Ready? Aw, Lions fans drinking that Kool-Aid Super Bowl! Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hut! Hut! The Dan Campbell era has officially started in Detroit, and I'm all in simply for the change in culture that it'll bring. Let the next guy worry about winning. I love it. Good riddance to the greedy NCAA who decided they wouldn't share one penny of their billions in profits with players. Instead, they'll let name, image, and likeness pay the players. Bye, NCAA. You're no longer needed. Ready? Major League Baseball's sticky tack on the mound trials were nothing more than a witch hunt to hide the fact that it's home run or bust at the plate no one can hit anymore. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. All right, everybody, welcome back from that sports black hole that always hits every year after the Super Bowl where there's nothing going on but regular season basketball and regular season hockey, which we all know what the problems with those two sports are. I mean, you know, too many games, too many teams making the playoffs. Uh, You know, we talked about that before on the show. Uh, Both those sports suffer from uh, similar things, you know, losing records, making the playoffs, and the regular season just really doesn't matter that much. But the NBA did hit the All-Star game during that break, and man, we saw once again year after year how extremely unwatchable that dunk contest is becoming. I mean, it was extremely unwatchable this year. I love the three-point shootout. The skills competition's cool now, how they put the teams together and play. You know, you represent your squad and all that. Those are great. Uh, The Futures games, those kind of things are great. It was great to see the HBCU game, you know, played that weekend before some of the events. All that's great. But the dunk contest, it's time to get back to basics on that thing, man. It's time to get back to basics on that. All right, you don't have three minutes to fool around and try to, oh, I didn't go for the dunk. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, I got the got the crowd playing. No, man, we're done with all that. All right, we need to go straight back to you got to do your dunk. Make or miss, let's go. 
get the show on the road. Let's see the dunk. And enough of the ridiculousness, man. The, the dunk contest has really, really lost its luster. And that's not being an old man looking back on the days of yore when we watched, you know, Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan and these guys and even Vince Carter and these guys doing crazy dunks. You put those tapes on right now when ESPN's showing the flashbacks of the old dunk contest. It's far more exciting watching Vince Carter do his dunks than anything we saw this year. So a guy put a pair of Timberlands on and grabbed the ball from his dad and dunked it. I mean, like, so what? I mean, so what? Might have been cool if he just did it and went out there and just dunked it, and then that would have been really cool. But it took him a minute and 45 seconds of almost missing, didn't go for it, then he dunked it. By then, I'm going, I don't care. I'm not watching the dunk contest. I'm watching practice for the dunk contest, and then I get to see the dunk. It's boring as hell, man. But anyway, but anyway, we're coming back out of that black hole of sports right now because now we're winding down the season. We got the playoff push happening in both sports, in the NHL and the NBA, and that's when it starts to get a little exciting when people start to care again and lineups are full and people are trying to win games to get into playoffs. starts to be exciting again. We should have spring training starting, but we don't have that. We don't have that, do we? Waiting on the owners and the players to cut a deal. And this thing looks like it's going to get ugly. And look, we're not going to dive into that whole thing right now. Uh, Just a bummer that baseball is not going to be starting on time this year. That's going to be a real bummer for us. But we do. But we do have March Madness right around the corner. I mean, we got all the conference tournaments happening this weekend we got selection sunday tournament will be upon us on thursday we'll probably run another contest here on the show guys we'll get it going like we did before get online get your uh, brackets in get your picks in and we'll probably have some prizes to give away that's always fun looking forward to march madness things are kicking up and on that note let's get to some quick hits First and foremost, first and foremost, let me give a big shout out to my man Jamarcus Smith from Mumford High School in Detroit. He becomes the first PSL wrestler to win an individual state title in the history of Michigan wrestling. Uh, high school wrestling you know for those of you who don't know what that is PSL is the, is the public schools in the city of Detroit. So these are the Detroit public schools and this kid is the first kid to win individual state championship in wrestling. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Everybody's extremely proud, man. It's Detroit versus everybody. And all my my Mumford connects out there, uh, please get at me, DM me, let me know. If anybody's got some connections over to the school, we would love to get Jamarcus on the show to talk to him about that. Couldn't be more proud as a Detroiter, my man. Awesome, awesome deal. Congrats, champ. We just want to wish a, a speedy recovery to prime time. Deion Sanders just released in the news this week that he had some pretty serious health issues going on. Uh, life-threatening at some point. Kept getting blood clots in his leg. And anyway, led to him having to have uh, uh, two toes amputated off of his foot. So get well soon, prime time, man. We're thinking about you. But more so, we wanted to bring prime time up because on an interview this week, He had some things to say about the recruiting process and the NCAA for football and the transfer portal and scholarships and how COVID and everything's been affecting it. And, you know, you might have heard a lot of this here from us a year ago. We started preaching about this. But now Dion, uh, NCAA Division I coach, is putting it out there, man. And nobody else really has. And he really put it out there because that's who Dion is, man. He's just honest and he's real. And he put it out there, man. So listen to this. Recruiting classes and we bring in all these 
Let me tell you something. The portal now, man, it, it's it's free agency. Yeah. I feel bad for high school kids because we're only taking like four to five high school kids this year, and they're getting the they're getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. The NCAA is going to have to come in and say we got to increase the scholarship for high school kids because why would you take the chance when you already have a plethora of kids that's already been to college, made the adjustment, and you know what's wrong with them or you know what's right with them, and you'd rather go there instead of risk at a high school kid. Yeah, 22-year-old versus an 18-year-old is a very big difference. Very big difference. Yeah. And coaches are getting fired in a couple of years, so you're trying to get guys that ready to help you now. There it is, right from prime time. Exactly what we've been saying on the show here, man. And it's a travesty, and they do need to do something to help these kids out, man. This thing's got to get figured out, and hopefully – Primetime shedding some light on this thing, man. So thanks, Dion. <laughs> Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons. My man is suspended for one full year for gambling on football. You know you can't bet on football, man. And his excuse was, oh, I was injured, so I was away from the team. I wasn't even around the facility, and it was a road game, and I only did like 1500 bucks. None of that matters. None of that matters, my man, how much you spent or if you were away from the team. you got a contract with an NFL team. You know you cannot do that, man. That's like somebody working, you know, trading stocks or something like that. And they're like, well, I took some sick leave for a week and then I went to a vacation down in the Bahamas somewhere. So I wasn't even trading the stocks from my regular office. I mean, it's not like I had insider information or anything. Come on, man. You know you can't do that. And the dumbest part about it that you still don't get, you only did 1500 bucks. Yeah, you risked a full year's pay on $1,500. You risked millions of dollars to win 1500 Just dumb, man. Just dumb. <laughs> Sorry, dude. And j just one last quick hit here. There are many different outlets on social media and the internet right now for your Detroit sports fix, right? I mean, we cover all sports here, but we're mainly, we mainly do Detroit stuff. This is a Detroit-centric show. And there's a lot of other places you can be getting things from. And I just want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to get yours here. Uh, we went over 4,000 listeners this month, so we're still steady growing slow, but we're growing, man, at 4,000. And earlier... I, I had to put out a tweet blasting one of these other outlets because I had just read too many articles from them that are just complete garbage, man. And these other sites, they, they pride themselves on how quickly they're turning out information. Like they think they're a 24-hour news cycle. Like you're going to keep up with ESPN being a 24-hour news cycle when you're a little independent you know, sports reporting agency, and, and you're not, and you're not. And it shows when you put garbage out that you've been putting out. And I couldn't take it anymore, so I had to blast them. And, and just don't click that shit, man. Don't click that shit. When people have conspiracy theory articles about the Lions trading all the draft capital we acquired off of the Golf Stafford deal, trading away all these picks so we could move up in the draft this year to have two picks in the first ten, you know, not, not to mention we're picking two. We're going to spend all that draft capital that we're using to build this team up to move back up to pick again at nine, so that we can take a long shot on Willis, the, the quarterback from Liberty. Are you kidding me? Like, guys, just don't click that shit, man. It's a waste of time. Nobody's even considering doing that. It's not going to happen. That kid's a long shot gamble if he's even going to work out. I'm not even going to get deep into that right now. But why the hell would we do that when, you know, we can golf is fine for another year. You cut him at the end of next year, as we discussed on the show here. If he's not good, we cut him at the end of next year, and it doesn't cost us a dime. It doesn't cost us a nickel. 
and you use all that draft capital to build up the team because next year's quarterback class is loaded. The hell would we dump all our capital to go get Willis right now? Just don't click that shit, guys. Don't click that shit. And you guys out there doing that reporting and putting that kind of stuff out there, man, be better than that. It's Detroit versus everybody. Don't even listen to this suburbanite junk. Had to get that off my chest, guys. Boo, that stuff bugs me, man. But anyways, let's talk a little bit about the Winter Olympics. What the Winter Olympics, man? Did you guys tune in? Did you watch? Uh, I happen to know that you did not. Uh, ratings for the Winter Olympics were the worst ever. I mean, they were the worst ever. And if you tried to tune into it like I did, I mean, you could see why. It seemed like the first week, no matter when I turned on the TV or what I tried to watch, I was watching nothing but snowboarding i was watching nothing but snowboarding i mean look you used to give me a night or two of snowboarding and i'd be like all right cool man that's cool yeah I, I got a week straight where everything i had to watch was snowboarding and i gotta tell you as the ratings will concur uh nobody really cares man nobody really cares about it and i mean me personally i'm not that impressed I'm not that impressed I mean, look, as an athlete, I get it. Uh, all the timing and the spins and the flips and landing it and all that. It's not easy. That's hard. It's very hard. I get that. Okay. But what are the consequences if you fall, right? I mean, you fall into a bunch of snow. It's not even like, you know, skateboarders or, or dudes doing BMX half pipe or something like where they fall. They fall into concrete, man. You know what I mean? These guys, they lay out in a, a, a pillowy bed of snow. I mean, it's not that big a consequence. So why not go for the big air and the extra flip? Right. I mean, look, I'm just saying, like, I'm a little more impressed by even a diver. I mean, they only get one tiny little spring off that board and then they got to do all the same thing before they go head first into the water. And the catch there is even after they go into the water, now they have to try not to drown. Right. They at least have to, like, swim to safety afterwards after they land or something. There's something to happen afterwards where they have to try and avoid death at some consequence. I mean, these snowboarders don't have to avoid nothing. I mean, maybe that's what snowboarding and skateboarding need, maybe a little bit. Like, you know, some kind of survival challenge after you land, you know, like an animal tries to attack you. Or maybe they got to land in the middle of traffic and try not to get hit by a car or something like that, you know. I don't know, something exciting. It just seems far more impressive to me when, like, Simone Biles does all those flips and spins and landing after propelling herself off the ground with her own legs. You know what I mean? It just seems a lot more athletically achieved. I think the thing is with the Olympics is that like you have a lot more people watching that don't normally watch a lot of sports. So they're like, Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, but the ratings showed that even they were getting burned out on it, man, too much snowboarding. I mean, people who watch sports and have played sports competitively, competitively and all that, you know, I mean, we realize that the stuff they're doing isn't easy, I mean, but it's nowhere near what goes on in actual sports, you know, that aren't judged, you know, where there's like a winner and a loser, like football, baseball, basketball, hockey, I mean, even golf, you know. I mean, these, these, um, snowboarding is like the choice sport of potheads and underachievers everywhere, man, for a reason, because they can do them. I mean, let's be honest, right? When's the last time you saw a bunch of potheads get together and be like, oh, man, I got a bat and a ball, dude. Let's go rip some baseball at the park, man. If you grew up anywhere near some basketball courts, you for sure have seen a group of potheads just get done ripping a joint and then jump on the court and play some basketball. You ever watch that? It's awful. It's God awful because they can't do it. But they can pick up that snowboard and go spend the afternoon, man. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. 
Look, I got love for the snowboarders, man. I know those guys are doing a lot of crazy stuff, and there's some pretty good athletic achievements by the guys that are that good at it as Olympic level and all that. I'm just clowning a bit, man. But, you know, it's a lot of truth to set in jest, though, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be tone deaf on the issue. You know what I mean? It was Sean White's last Olympics as well, and that guy did a ton for that sport, especially here in America. He really did make it popular amongst a lot of kids, man, and congratulations to him. Um, you know, great career. He did a lot of great things. He's a great athlete. But speaking of tone deaf um, in the Olympics, boy, that opening ceremony, man, how about that? When they're bringing in the torch, I don't know if you guys paid attention to this or not, but uh, there's a group of people over in China that they, they, they're called uh, Weigers or Uyghurs or Uyghurs, whatever, however they pronounce it. Well, this is the group of people over there that are being uh, persecuted pretty hard by the Chinese. And there's a lot of backlash around the world. A lot of people were protesting the Olympics because of it. Like they're basically just trying to wipe these people out. I mean, the Chinese government is being accused of all but genocide and basically genocide against this group of people for just religious purposes. Right. So during the torch lighting ceremony, the final two people that get the torch, uh, one Chinese citizen and another Chinese citizen, these two take the torches to go light the main torch. And one of them is uh, Weiger. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, guys. I'm sorry. It's a, there's, there's a there's breach in pronunciation there. But one of the people bringing the torch up is from this group of people. And the Chinese do this to try to show that like, no, look, everything's fine here. Look at what we're doing. You know, they're included here and we don't have any ill will against these people. And this kid goes up to light the torch. And I'm like, this thing is tone deaf as hell, man. It just kind of reminded me of like, um, how baseball constantly romanticizes back on Jackie Robinson, breaking the color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers. It's always looked back on in these big moments during the season every year like like it was this big, warm, heartfelt, fuzzy moment in the history of baseball when everyone came together. and all. Man, nothing could be further from the truth, man. Like the Brooklyn Dodgers did that and everybody else in baseball was pretty pissed off about it, man. Like fans and players everywhere sent this guy death threats, ridiculed his family, ridiculed the team, death threats to, to the guy on the team that signed him. I mean – it was not all warm and fuzzy and rainbows, man. It was actually pretty shitty for Jackie Robinson, man. But we always have these moments pushed on us on TV where they'll look back on it all fuzzy and warm and how great it all was. And it's like, no, nah, that's not really how it is. It's a little tone deaf, man. Like baseball's take on it at the time was like, oh, what do you mean we're, we're excluding them? No, we're not. Look. They've got their own league that they play in. And, I mean, well, look at the, the the Dodgers have one. They've got one on their team, and they just let him play. So, I mean, he's playing. There's nothing to see here, really. Nothing to see. I mean, it's completely tone deaf, man. I mean, it probably shouldn't be looked back on as uh, Major League Baseball's integration. It should probably be looked back on as uh, Jackie Robinson's year of hell and sacrifice for those who should come behind him. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that torch lighting ceremony just it reeked of all that to me. They just paraded that kid out there, and they were like, no, nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. Look, we're good. And it was just like, ugh, what? It just was gross, man. But back to the ratings being so bad. I mean, we got to face it. Like, this is just this has got a, a lot to do with social media. You know what I mean? This is a lot to do with the newer generation and how they are watching things and absorbing things and just how we all are, you know, as a country anymore. I mean, nobody really uh, tunes in to watch anything anymore, man. You just you just check out clips online. Like, here's the winner. 
you know, next video. Here's the winner. And with a 12-hour uh, uh, difference, you know, time difference between China and what we were seeing over here, I mean, who's tuning in to watch after you've already been tweeted out who won the race 12 hours before you're going to show it to me, you know, in the United States? So tape delay and all that just don't work anymore. And when you already know who's won, who's tuning in to see it, you know? And too much snowboarding. And on that note, I would be remiss if I didn't tell everybody how delicious the official beer of the DWMOD network is. And that's Old English 800, guys. So when you're tuning in this weekend to those conference championships or you're getting ready for that Sunday selection Sunday, see if your school gets into the big dance or not, I mean, go ahead and get you a couple of cans of Old English 800. Or get yourself a 40 of Old English 800, man. Give it a little splash of orange juice if you want. Get yourself a brass monkey. But let's enjoy some of that delicious old english 800 guys it's fantastic and i don't just say that if you if people who know me ask them or tweet it out you will know i don't just push this stuff because it's the official beer of the dwmod podcast i drink it i drink it and i enjoy it man so go ahead and get you one take you back it'll take you back get you that and also let's not forget it goes great with some better made chips you got to get yourself some better made chips for the weekend selection sunday Get your chips, get your snacks, get them better maids going, guys. Now, I don't always like to drink, and I'm not always drinking. And if I'm not drinking, I do want to have myself an ice cold pop because, yeah, I got time for that. And you got to have yourself a Fago because it's Detroit versus everybody, man. You got to get your Detroit better made snacks. You got to get your Detroit Fagos. Get one of my favorite, Rock and Rye. That's one of the best ones to get. Or get yourself a peach. But go ahead and get some Fago for the weekend, guys. It's delicious. It is the greatest pop in the world. And it's about to pop off with a little segment we like to call Knock It Off. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. All right, let's just jump right in on the NBA, man. Let's just jump in on the Lakers. This thing's been a debacle. I mean, it's been a complete debacle. And it's all over television. And LeBron James is pretty pissed. And he's pretty pissed at Rob Palenka. And I've been watching show after show after show blame Rob Palenka for this mess and talk about how Rob Palenka is guilty for this and it's an atrocity and he's going to have to answer for all of this. And I'm like, really? Really, man? I don't think so. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. How does LeBron James get to spin this back on Rob Palenka? How do you get to spin this back? This is LeBron's team. It's not, it's not like Palinka's walking into the room and telling LeBron, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing this. It's LeBron's team, just like everywhere else he's gone. He's calling all the shots. He's making all the trades. He's making sure he gets who he wants, especially all the guys from his own clutch agency. I mean, let's take a look at the team right now, right? So they bring in AD and trade away years of draft picks to bring him in, clutch agency guy, a LeBron guy. Uh, his, his nickname, I don't know if it gets back to Detroit, but out here in L.A., it's common knowledge on the radio or in, in general passing conversation that if you say street clothes, you're talking about AD. You're talking about AD. This guy hasn't played more than 70 games in, in, in what, two or three seasons? He's only played more than 70 games. I'm sorry. He's only played more than 70 games in two seasons of his NBA career. This guy's constantly hurt. He can never play. They call him street clothes. Then they make all the moves to bring in Westbrook. That's been a complete debacle. Look, I get it. The thought process behind that was to back up the move of bringing in 
AD because he's going to be hurt. There's going to be stretches where he's not going to play. LeBron's getting older. There's going to be stretches where LeBron is not going to be able to play. And if we have Westbrook, he can go out there and be the one-man show and maybe carry us during those stretches and get us a few more wins. I get the logic, but again, LeBron's move, bringing that guy in. Not to mention the rest of the bench with aging guys that have no legs, clutch agency, and friends of his. He puts his team together, and he's, you know, like everywhere else he's been in his professional career. Like, I refer to LeBron James in his career as, like, an alien movie, you know? It's one of those movies where the aliens come to your planet to use up all the resources so that they can survive and thrive, and then they move on to another planet to do that. Like, that's exactly what he does everywhere he's gone. He will make those franchises trade away a decade worth of capital, have all kind of money on the books that they won't be able to fix for 10 to 15 years, juice the damn place, get to a couple of finals, win one of them, and then bounce to the next planet. That's what he does. I mean, that's what he does. You know what I mean? And that's what he's done here in L.A. And everybody from Stephen A. Smith to the media out here in L.A. want to hang in on Rob Palenka. Like, Rob Palenka tells LeBron no and makes his own moves. It's not what happens. LeBron has pulled the trigger on all this stuff. So when LeBron comes out at the trade deadline and says, I'm furious that we didn't make a deal. Why didn't we make a deal to get something done? There was nothing to be done, man. There's there's nothing left. Rob Palenka finally put his foot down. They wanted LeBron wanted him to make a move with Houston to bring in Wall. He wanted to bring Wall onto the team because they could have moved Westbrook out, which would have been good to get rid of that money. That's fine. But they wanted to bring Wall in, another guy who's constantly hurt. He's out for the rest of the season right now. And that deal was probably going to go through until Houston started saying, nah, we want 2027 first-round picks. Now, why would Houston be asking for first-round picks so far out in the future? Because every first- and second-round pick, from now until then of the Lakers is already gone and traded away. LeBron, the alien has already eaten up all of those assets. They're gone. I mean, here's a list for 2022. They have no first or second round pick for 2023. The Pelicans have the opportunity to swap first round picks with the LA Lakers. And the second round pick goes to the wizards for 2024. First round pick to the Pelicans, second round pick to the Grizzlies. 2025 they may own it if if the pelicans use the first round pick in 2024 if the pelicans don't the pelicans own the 2025 first round pick and the second round pick the lakers get to have that year 2026 they get their first rounder in 2026 not a second rounder though that one goes to the cavaliers 2027 is the first year they have their first and second round pick. So you can see why Rob Palinka, especially after hearing LeBron on a four-year contract, has said, I want to go play with Bronny wherever he goes in the next couple of years. LeBron has already told you, I'm out the door in a couple of years. He's doing his alien planet to planet jump. Burn up all the capital while you're here because I want to be in the finals, and I don't care what happens after that. So Palenka finally said, look, I'm not bringing on another deadweight contract of a guy that's going to be hurt and trading away even more future draft capital so that you old guys here think you're going to make a run. You're not. You're not. He finally said no, and now we're blaming everything on him because he wouldn't give up a 2027 first rounder. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. This is all on LeBron, okay? Own it. You want to walk around with the jacket on? Own it. And speaking of owning it, I'm not even going to get on Ben Simmons right now. I mean, 
look, we're not supposed to have an opinion on what's really going on with his mental health and whatever all that is. That's fine, man. I understand that's a that's a touchy subject nowadays. That's cool. But I'm just going to say this about that. Um, I just don't think he wanted to play in Philadelphia. I just really don't think he wanted to. But that's not the point. The point here is I'm tired of listening to everybody talk about who won the trade. Did the Sixers win the trade or did the Nets win the trade? Who won the trade? All right, knock it off. Knock it off. Seems anymore when trades are made, we have to immediately go into this uh, motto of tearing it apart and discussing it from one aspect and one mindset. Who won the trade? Who won the trade? How do you win a trade, man? You know, like sometimes somebody gets the better end of a trade. I, I get that. But in this case, seems pretty mutual, man. Like the Sixers got what they need and it looks like it's working out pretty well for them. They're pretty happy with it. Harden is working really well with Embiid. They look really damn good in the East. And the Nets have gotten a piece that they think really is, you know, going to fit well for them when he gets on the court. You know, when we're done doubling down on backing up the mental health thing, when he gets back on the court, I think the Nets feel like they're going to have a pretty good team with Ben Simmons, good defender. Maybe he comes around offensively. He's playing with KD now. If Kyrie comes back now too because they're going to lift the vaccine mandates in New York and all that, it seems like the trade has kind of worked out for both teams, man. I'm tired of hearing about who won the trade. Look like both sides got what they wanted. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. Moving on to the NFL. It does annoy me sometimes how things are reported, and you guys know that that will bother me. And, man, I don't think anybody's taking it on the chin any worse right now than Jordan Love. Now, we are all well aware by the time that this podcast hits the air that Aaron Rodgers has agreed to a four-year, $200 million deal paying him $50 million a year. Leading up to that being announced just yesterday, a lot of the news media was all over love and saying, hey, the Packers don't know what to do, and now they're probably going to have to commit to Aaron Rodgers for a lot of money because, I mean, Jordan Love just isn't ready. They were hoping he'd be ready, and it just looks like this kid's just not ready to play yet, so they're going to have to do something with Rodgers. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. As if they thought Jordan Love would be ready to walk in and be the starter, he'd be anywhere as good as the back-to-back MVP right now. Has any team ever moved off of the back-to-back MVP at quarterback because the kid they drafted a few years ago seems to be ready? No, stop with that narrative, man. Just stop with that narrative. It's ridiculous. Quit putting it on this kid that he's not ready to step in and be the MVP, so they're going to have to back up the truck for Aaron Rodgers. It's ridiculous, man. They weren't, nobody's moving off Aaron Rodgers right now for a guy that's ready to be the starter. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. And then they doubled down on it. They doubled down on bashing love right now because Russell Wilson just gets picked up by the Broncos. And the thought process is, well, if if Hackett really thought a whole lot, Hackett being the offensive coordinator for Green Bay, who's now the Broncos coach, if he thought so highly of love and thought he was really ready to go when Rodgers signed with the Packers, then the Broncos would have made a move to get Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, instead of Russell Wilson. So they end up getting Russell Wilson, and again, this means love isn't ready. Just stop, man. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. And the last thing I want to address on the Rodgers thing is now, and this has to be coming from front office people in Green Bay, because the media now is also spinning the Jordan Love pick 
as it was done to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass, and it worked. That was the thought process, that if we traded away some assets and and some capital to move up and draft this kid in the first round, that'll spark are already considered the best quarterback in the game behind Brady active at the time. That will spark him to get a fire under his ass to start playing better. Sorry, man. Nobody does that. No NFL team does that and moves up and burns a first rounder just to rile up the exist the, the starting quarterback. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. And now that we moved on to the NFL here, guys, we moved on to the NFL. Let's just keep rolling down that NFL line right now, right? We also found out today that Carson Wentz, got moved from the Colts to the Washington Commanders. I'm not used to saying that yet because it's completely stupid. I mean, you got a chance to grab a new name and you go with Commanders. It's so dumb. Anyway, Wentz goes to the Commanders for two third-round picks. And, you know, a lot of the takes I'm hearing on this right now is, oof, the big thing here is the Commanders were forced to agree to take on all of Wentz's contract. They're responsible to pay out all of his contract, and that's why they, you know, got off the hook with just two third-round picks. And I, I'm not understanding. Like I don't understand why that's being reported like that. Like his contract has an out next year. There's an out in the contract next year. Commanders can opt out of it, cut him, no hit against the cap, let him go, release him. So they gave up two third-round picks to try this guy out for a year. They're not on the hook for all that money. They can cut him next year if he's not any good. And why wouldn't you? You know, they they obviously were out on the Rodgers sweepstakes because he wound up with the Packers. Of course, they were in on trying to get Russell Wilson, and that didn't work out. He goes to Denver, okay? They are not in the market for Deshaun Watson, guys. That is not happening, okay? We all know what's been going on in Washington with that football team, and <laughs> Watson will be a terrible, terrible look. They're not even going to try to bring in Deshaun Watson with what they've got going on in their front office with uh, sexual harassment issues, okay? So what are you going to do? Where are you going to go for a quarterback? You know, you're kind of up against trying to get Mitchell Trubisky, who's going to cost you a ton of money, uh, for real cost you a ton of money. You can't cut him after a year. Or drop a couple of third-round picks and bring in Wentz to play behind that Ron Rivera defense and see if he can be just good enough. I mean, in Indy this year, he was good for a stretch, and then down the stretch, he wasn't. Now, I'll agree. I do find it weird that they moved off him after one year. You know what I mean? Especially being brought in by Frank Reich, who, you know, you know the history there, Philly, the year he was going to be the MVP. You know, and, and let's not forget that, that this guy was somebody who was strongly considered the front runner to be the MVP one year in the NFL. And coming into this season – had foot surgery, they thought he wasn't even going to be able to play. Then it was, well, maybe by opening day, he's going to try to give it a go. The guy played the whole year on that foot, and it was not good. So, yeah, he's had some injury issues, but that was a pretty big one going into this season. So, I don't know. I don't see this as a bad move by Washington to give up a couple third-rounders to see what this kid can do when he gets there. He's still relatively young, and like I said, they can cut him after next year. It's a bit weird that Frank Reich was ready to move on him. Uh, Colts could be contenders, but now they really are, you know, there's some questions. What are they going to do under center there? But anyway, Wentz to Washington is is not a deal that I would take a shit on. I'm like, okay, all right, why not? Now, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is out in Seattle. I mean, we've been talking about it for a long time. It's been speculated for a while, and the deal is finally done. 
Uh, he goes to Denver, and Denver sends Drew Locke and Noah Fant and an, uh, a couple other players, but those are the two most noteworthy ones, and they get a bunch of draft capital out of this. Okay, In 2022, they are going to get Seattle, is going to get Denver's first round, second round, and fifth round pick. And in 2023, they will also get their first and second round pick. So Seattle is on the rebuild. And that is doubled down on by the fact that they released Bobby Wagner today. He will wind up with a wind up with a contender immediately. Um, you know that guy's still one of the best linebackers in football, and he's easily a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'd love to see him in Detroit, but he ain't trying to jump on a rebuild right now. But they cut Bobby Wagner today, so Seattle's officially on the rebuild, and Denver, uh, you know, they think they got their guy and they're ready to roll. We'll see if Yeezy and Antonio Brown are going to buy the team, right? That's the rumor. Not going to happen. But anyway, Russell Wilson's in Denver, and now he moves from, you know, a quarterback-rich, very competitive NFC West to a quarterback-rich, really competitive AFC West. And I got to tell you, I like the Broncos. I like them defensively, and I like where they're at. But I don't see Russell Wilson coming in and taking them right to be the cream of the crop over there. That is still going to be very competitive. San Diego is getting better by the minute. Okay, the Raiders are starting to get themselves on steady ground and find their footing after that debacle that happened last year. They still wound up in the playoffs and almost knocked off the Bengals with all the turmoil they had to deal with. You know, Carr's no joke. Raiders are the real deal. They're competitive. And, oh, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs are in the mix over there. So, I don't know. I mean, let's not get all ready to crown them division champs by any means here. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk a little bit about the draft. Draft coming up. It is coming up. End of next month, guys. We've already had the combine. We've seen some guys that are tearing it up. And you know we're going to do our draft special, so I'm not going to dive too deep into the draft right now. But I will say this. uh, As far as the Lions are concerned, who knows where we're going to pick, but all the new mock drafts are showing Thibodeau falling as low as 8 or 9 now in the first round. And everybody thought he was the consensus number one overall. And what were we saying here on the show Months and months ago, not sold on Thibodeau. Don't don't really care for him, man. Seems to be work ethic issues. He's a little banged up from time to time. I've seen this guy in plenty of interviews and take a look at him, and he seems to have his head on straight about one thing, one thing only, his brand and what he's bringing to the NFL and how he's going to be able to monetize that. And it just sounds a lot like Rashawn Gary. Remember when Rashawn Gary was coming out and it was all about trying to, you know, create this brand and I'm all about my money and I'm, I'm a product and I'm a, you know, teams like guys that like to play football. You ever hear Aaron Donald talking about all that kind of stuff? No, you don't. And that's what people want. And I just don't see Thibodeau being a guy that is extremely, you know, physical that, because he loves football. I just don't see that. I could be wrong, but I just don't see that. And that's what you want in an edge rusher, you know. You, you, you want a dude like Miles Garrett up in Cleveland, you know. You want a guy like that, a guy that really takes pride in what he's doing and is trying to get after the quarterback and helmet swinging aside, passionate about what he does. You know what I mean? Thibodeau just does not strike me that way, you know. And on that note, uh, another dude that really kind of strikes me as just off mentally about football is Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? I've I've seen this guy in a lot of interviews, and he just always comes across as very arrogant, 
The air in the room is mine. You're all lucky to be able to be here to listen to me. And listen, I get it, man. Professional athletes, especially quarterbacks in the league, a lot of them have to have that air about them. But this guy's is on another level, man. And for me, it's like, what have you done? You know what I mean? Like, we all saw his agent came out with this statement that the Cardinals need to prove that they're committed to him and he scrubbed his social media of everything Cardinals and if they're not going to prove they're committed to him and give him this contract extension and prove it and blah, blah. How else are the Cardinals supposed to prove to him that they're committed to him? I mean, they used their draft picks on wide receivers this year after already going out to get him Hopkins and A.J. Green. He had Fitz. He's got Kirk. They go out and get him Ertz as well down the stretch during the season. They spent money on the offensive line to protect him. How else are they supposed to show this guy they're committed to him? Let him run his own offense. Bring in the coach to draft him, that their offensive guru who's supposed to be good with him and blah, 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 blah. What else are they supposed to do to prove that they're committed to him? Back up the truck and make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league in his third year, unprecedentedly? I mean, what has he done? He was rookie of the year. Okay. The time for pulling what he's pulled is like maybe next year, you know what I mean, to try to get that extension before you go into them picking up your option, your fifth-year rookie option. You know, it's not like he's in a position of like Lamar Jackson, who was MVP, playoff run, getting his team to the division championship. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson who was sitting around like making $1.3 million and he's the MVP of the damn league. Yeah, that guy's got a right to come out and say, hey, I want an extension and I want some money, which he didn't even do. He's working on his deal now. I mean, he made him use the, the – the option on him you know what i'm saying he's working his deal now but for some reason kyler murray's entitled to it early with what he's done he's done nothing he won rookie of the year and then he's done nothing okay they made the playoffs he looked like garbage down the stretch they backed into the playoffs and boy did he look terrible in that playoff game beyond terrible and let's just face facts this isn't Kyler Murray's ego saying, oh, you know, I deserve this money and you got to pay me. And like, this isn't the smart move to hold out because I'm the next Mahomes and I want my money. This is him realizing, oh, I've been banged up the last couple of years. And now I didn't look too good down the stretch as everybody's figuring out how to keep me in the pocket. Hmm. I better get my money now while the getting's good because I'm still young enough maybe to take off for baseball. I'm just telling you this right now. This is this kid. For the first time in his life, had his little ego bruised when people started to doubt him publicly. He's been having his ass kissed since he was a little kid in Texas, and especially high school football in Texas, and then at Oklahoma, and then, like, Fitz's dad, Fitzgerald's dad said in his tweet, he said, oh, spoiled brat. Got to come into the NFL, bring your offense with you. They got you all the weapons you needed, spent all the money on you, and now you're crying they're not committed to you and they're blaming you for losing and you're demanding more money? Do the work. Do the work. And furthermore, I've said it before on this show, um, if Larry Fitzgerald thinks you're a good human being, then that's all I need to know. And when Larry Fitzgerald went into that locker room and saw, hey, we got a chance of being a good team here and I'm still good enough to play and hang around, but was around this kid for a year and went, nah, I'm good, man. I'm out. I see where this is going. If Larry Fitzgerald's out on you, I'm out on you, dude. This this is not a case of Kyler Murray being disrespected by the Cardinals. They've given him everything he's wanted and some. This is absolutely him having a bruised ego because for the first time, everybody's telling him that wasn't good enough, young man. That was not good enough. 
And I'm telling you, if you've ever seen this guy in some interviews, he don't like that. And he said, you're not putting your finger in my face. And he's coming back at him. And, and it's ridiculous. Quite frankly, I think he sees the writing on the wall. He's pretty banged up. He's pretty small and banged up in this league. And he wants to get his money now before it's too late. If I was the Cardinals, I wouldn't pay him. I wouldn't pay him. Especially not after the way him and his agent went about their business. It ain't like they went to the Cardinals first and a deal couldn't be worked out here. So they went public with it like that. They went right out of the gates there. So I'll tell you what, man. This is just a kid with a bruised ego. And I think he knows that he better cash in on that rookie of the year stuff right now. Because how it went down the stretch last year could be the way it starts next year. And I don't think he's ready to bet on himself. You know, there's some other guys that were in the situation he's in who bet on themselves and showed up in year three, four to play ball and then get their contract. My man wants his contract now because I think doubt is creeping in and he's not ready to bet on himself. Like I said, if Fitz is out on you, I'm out on you. Lamar Jackson was MVP and making big runs and was the hottest thing in football was making 1.3 didn't make a stink like this. Kyler Murray stands to make $5 million this next season. He ain't on some El Cheapo rookie contract. Nah. And as we're sitting here, it's coming in that Khalil Mack is being traded to the Chargers. Uh, Second or third round pick and a sixth round pick. And next year's draft, that's a steal. I mean, other teams got to be pissed. off. they missed the boat on that. But uh, we don't know the... We don't know the exact uh, intricacies of the trade yet, but Mac along Bosa now with the Chargers. And the NFL's heating up, man. And that brings us to, uh, you know, some pretty hot topics leading into the draft here. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break down, uh, you know, division by division needs, what teams, th- what we think they should be doing. And we're going to have a nice couple of episodes leading up to our annual draft pick episode. We're going to try to predict the draft. And you all know how difficult that is. Last year had a pretty good year. Uh, we'll see how it goes this year, but it's always extremely difficult to do that, man. You guys know that. But, uh, you know, tune in next couple of weeks, guys. We're going to be breaking down divisions, trades, needs, what we think teams should do. So, you know, every episode is probably going to be, uh, you know, AFC, NFC East. Next one will be Central, then West. We'll break them down like that. But anyway, man, as always, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time.